Good evening and welcome to A-Train Sports Talk and have I have a good one for you this evening. It is actually 9.24 p.m. Central Standard Time. And you know me, I'm trying to bring sports from a different perspective, which is why you will also get some black history sports. And as I've said in my trailer, if you've heard it, there will be some NFL talks, some Major League Baseball talks, some uh, NBA talk as well. Tonight, we're going to talk a little bit of NFL, okay? And what we're going to look at, and some of this is coming off a of bleacher report. Matter of fact, all of this is going to be coming off a of bleacher report. We're going to be looking at the hottest hot seat, but not for every team. I am going to condense it down. And when I say the hot seat, I'm talking anything from coaches to general managers to players and their starting positions. So, without further ado, we're going to get into this, okay? Every year, general managers, coaches, and players deal with the scrutiny and competition. Those threats become more pronounced after a disappointing season. Across the league, performance evens the playing field for better or worse. On one hand, anyone can lose their job because of a lack of productivity or progress. Yet, a little push while on the hot seat could do more good than harm. So what we're going to do is look at some of the people that are on some hot seats. Also, this could also be coordinator positions. We start with the Arizona Cardinals. Defensive coordinator, Vance Joseph. And he could actually lose his job during the 2020 season. Dan Bickley of Arizona Sports 98.7 FM shed light on why Joseph deserves criticism despite the buzz around the team. Quote, he says, there are red flags accompanying all this big red optimism. The biggest is Vance Joseph and his defense, a combination that underwhelmed in his debut season as defensive coordinator in Arizona. He was at the root of tremendous tactical and communication problems, head of a defense that couldn't cover tight ends, blew too many assignments, missed too many tackles. End of quote. Last year, the Cardinals gave up the most yards and ranked 28th in points allowed. Cornerback Patrick Peterson missed six contests after violating the league's performance-enhancing drug policy. Though the unit still had decent playmakers in edge rusher Chandler Jones, safety Buda Baker, and linebacker Jordan Hicks. The Cardinals signed defensive tackle Jordan Phillips in free agency following a career year in which he tallied nine and a half sacks and used the number eight overall pick to select versatile playmaker Isaiah Simmons out of Clemson. If Arizona's defense doesn't make notable strides with a mix of veteran and promising young talent, then Joseph, who hasn't fielded a top 12 scoring defense as a head coach or coordinator, 
will likely need to look for work elsewhere. Next on the list, Atlanta Falcons head coach Dan Quinn. The Atlanta Falcons have been battling a Super Bowl hangover for the past few seasons. Dan Quinn's squad has recorded back-to-back 79 campaigns, putting him on the hot seat. At the end of 2019, Falcons owner Arthur Blank announced the team would keep Quinn and general manager Thomas Dimitrov at their positions, though his statement included an increased sense of urgency. Quote, Over the last two seasons, our results on the field have not met our standards or the expectations of our fans, Blank said. I understand our fans' disappointment and frustration because I felt every bit of it as well. That said, our focus must be on giving our franchise the best opportunity to win next year and beyond. According to NFL Network's Ian Rappaport and Mike Garofalo, the Falcons contemplated changes during the season, but after a week nine bye, Atlanta went 6-2, which likely saved Quinn's job. In 2020, this club must contend for a playoff spot or else Blank will probably initiate a transition among the coaching and front office ranks. Baltimore Ravens running back Mark Ingram II. In an appearance on the Baltimore Ravens podcast, The Lounge, General Manager Eric DeCosta teased the idea of employing a four-man platoon in the backfield, which should be taken seriously. Last season, Mark Ingram eclipsed 1,000 rushing yards and made the Pro Bowl, achieving both feats for the third time in his career. Yet, he'll compete for snaps with Gus Edwards, Justice Hill, and rookie second-rounder J.K. Dobbins. Through two seasons, Edwards has lodged 1,429 yards and four touchdowns on the ground. The Ravens took Dobbins early in the draft, which suggests they plan to carve out a decent role for him. Because of the production and potential behind Ingram, he'll probably yield more of his touches to the younger tailbacks. Ingram projects as the starter for week one, but if Dobbins flashes early, he might carry the majority load down the stretch. The Ohio State product rushed for 2,003 yards and 21 scores in its final collegiate campaign. Buffalo Bills, cornerback Levi Wallace. The Buffalo Bills have a question mark at cornerback on the boundary. Levi Wallace underwent shoulder surgery during the offseason, and in March, the front office signed Josh Norman, who played four seasons under Bills head coach Sean McDermott with the Carolina Panthers. As the Panthers' defensive coordinator, McDermott called plays for a unit that featured Norman at his peak as a 2015 All-Pro. Their familiarity bodes well for the 30-year-old cover man in a battle with Wallace for the starting Role opposite Tredavious White. In 2019, Wallace started in 16 contests, lodging, logging 76 tackles, four for loss, nine pass breakups, and two interceptions. 
the Alabama product gave up 682 yards in coverage, though he showed enough potential to develop into a more consistent defender. Wallace's unpredictable healing process, coupled with Norman's past history with McDermott, removes any guarantee that the third-year cornerback will hold on to his first unit position. Carolina Panthers General Manager Marty Herney. Marty Herney isn't a stranger to the hot seat. The Carolina Panthers fired him during the 2012 campaign amid the club's fourth consecutive nine-winning season. Dave Gettleman took over for him in 2013. In 2017, the Panthers flipped the script, firing Gettleman and hiring Herney as interim GM and then promoted him to the permanent position for his second stint. In December, owner David Tepper supported Herney after former head coach Ron Rivera's release. Quote, Marty Herney is one of the best recognizers of college talent in the nation. Period. Okay. I don't want to lose that, and he's also not a bad manager. End of quote. Even though the Panthers have a new coaching staff under lead skipper Matt Rule, Tepper may reevaluate his comments about Herney if the team's last two draft classes provide little impact in 2020. Furthermore, under Herney's watch, the Panthers have a 102-122 record. He's not exempt from a thorough evaluation if Carolina finishes with a non-winning record for the sixth consecutive year under his leadership. Come back with some more hot seat talk on a train sports talk. Okay, and we're back. Next, we look at Chicago Bears quarterback Mitchell Trubisky. Mitchell Trubisky's regression following his 2018 Pro Bowl campaign also puts general manager Ryan Pace on the hot seat. With that said, the front office declined the quarterback's fifth-year option and acquired Nick Foles from the Jacksonville Jaguars this offseason, meaning the signal caller could lose his job before the front office executive. Head coach Matt Nagy spun the imminent battle between Trubisky and Foles into a net positive for the team during an interview with the Bears' all-access radio show WSCR 670 AM. Quote, it's a good situation for us, Nagy said, and when we talked with Mitch, the excitement and determination and fire he had at knowing that this is going to be an open competition. That's who he is. End of quote. While the Bears fulfilled the best signal caller for the job, we can't underestimate the possibility that Trubisky may open the 2020 term on the sidelines. In clutch moments with the Philadelphia Eagles, Foles proved he's a capable starting quarterback. If the Super Bowl 52 MVP shows some of those qualities during the summer, he's going to supplant Trubisky. 
Cincinnati Bengals defense coordinator Lou Anarumo. The Cincinnati Bengals may exercise some patience with second-year head coach Zach Taylor as the team goes through a rebuild. He'll also be working with a rookie quarterback, number one overall pick Joe Burrow. Barring a complete bottom out in the standings, the lead skipper isn't likely to go down as a one-and-done. If the Bengals open the 2020 campaign with a slow start, Taylor can attempt to upgrade his staff for optimal results starting on the defensive side of the ball. Last year, the Bengals had multiple playmakers on defense, including Geno Atkins, Carlos Dunlop, Sam Hubbard, and Jesse Bates III, but the unit couldn't stop anyone. Cincinnati gave up the fourth most yards and ranked 25th in points allowed. Before Lou Anarumo accepted the defensive coordinator position, he had only served as an interim in the same role for the Miami Dolphins during the 2015 campaign. Perhaps his inexperiences worked against him in terms of optimizing talent. This offseason, the Bengals revamped their secondary signing, Trey Waynes and Mackenzie Alexander. Last year, William Jackson III played through a, ton, through a torn labor, but if he's healthy, he completes a solid cornerback group. While Taylor and Burrow build a rapport, Anarumo must learn must lead a much improved defense to help raise the Bengals' level of competitiveness in 2020. Cleveland Browns defensive end Oliver Vernon. Oliver Vernon's non-guaranteed 15.5 million cap hit makes a, him a target on the chopping block. First of all, the new Cleveland Browns regime doesn't have ties to Vernon. Former general manager Don, John Dorsey sent guard Kevin Ziegler to the New York Giants for the defensive end in March 2019. Secondly, Vernon battled a knee injury last year, missing six contests. He logged 26 tackles, four for losses, three and a half sacks, his least productive year as a starter. Lastly, according to ESPN's Adam Schefter, the Cleveland Browns made the richest offer to free agent defensive end Jadavian Clowney. If the Browns land Clowney or any other edge rusher such as Everson Griffin, who shares Minnesota Vikings ties with the new head coach Kevin Stefanski, the front office will likely release Vernon and save $15.5 million. Per Terry Pluto of the Cleveland Plain Dealer, the team can wait up until a week before the regular season kicks off to cut Vernon and owe him nothing. If a young player catches the coaching staff's attention during training camp, the Browns may opt to save millions and go with a less costly option opposite Miles Garrett. Dallas Cowboys left guard Connor Williams. New head coach Mike McCarthy and his staff will take a fresh look at the roster and probably make some tweaks to the previous regime setup. Coming out of Texas as a second-round pick in 2018, Connor Williams transitioned from tackle to guard, filling a need on the Dallas Cowboys offensive line. The following year, the front office selected Connor McGovern, who set out his rookie campaign because of return pictorial. According to John Oney, Owning of the Dallas Morning News, 
Williams has made strides, but not enough to unquestionably lock down the left guard position. Quote, Williams has steadily progressed each year since entering the NFL in 2018, just not at the rate that those who were spoiled by Zach Martin hoped for. As a natural interior lineman, McGovern could make a push for Williams' spot, though the former may also win the job at center to replace Travis Frederick, who retired. Williams must show more progress in front of his new coaches. If not, the Cowboys could field two new starters on the offensive line. Defensive tackle Garrett Boyles of the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos declined Garrett Boyles' fifth-year option, which isn't a surprise. According to ESPN's Jeff Legwald, Bowles has drawn the most holding penalties in each of his three campaigns and has been flagged a total of 46 times. Broncos president of football operations and general manager John Elway made note of Bowles' on-field fouls and highlighted the left tackle as someone who would be facing more scrutiny going into 2020, per Cecil LeMay of 104.3 The Fan. Quote, the hard thing is that Garrett is under the microscope. He's under the microscope and any time they say 72, it brings down the whole stadium, Elway said. That happens. He got himself in that position, so we'll continue working at it. End of quote. Elway also declared an open competition between Bowles and Elijah Wilkinson, who started 12 games at right tackle in 2019. While the former should maintain his job at left tackle, he's certainly not a lot to finish the year as a starter. Now we go from player positions to coaching again. Detroit Lions, head coach Matt Patricia. Bill Belichick, protege. Detroit Lions owner Martha Ford turned up the heat on general manager Bob Quinn and head coach Matt Patricia at the end of the 2019 season. She laid out her expectations for 2020 and beyond. Quote, we expect to be a playoff contender, Ford said, and those are our expectations, which we've expressed to both Bob and to Matt. Although Quinn and Patricia could go out together, the latter has drawn direct criticism from former players, which may lead to an early ouster if he loses the locker room. In March, the Lions traded cornerback Darius Slay to the Philadelphia Eagles. Speaking on Detroit radio station WJR via M Live's Cal Minky, he didn't hold back his opinion on Patricia. Shoot, I didn't have that much respect for Matty P as a person, Slay said. It was hard for me to play for him. That's all that was. Via text, an anonymous former Lions player told Dave Burkett of the Detroit Free Press about Patricia's tardiness for team meetings in 2018. Furthermore, Patricia has a 9-win, 22-loss, 1-tie record as a head coach. Based on Ford's statement, a sluggish start may prompt early change with the hope that a new voice can turn the team's season around. Green Bay Packer defensive Tyler, defensive end Tyler Lancaster 
the Green Bay Packers need a strong defensive front to combat ground attacks. In 2019, the unit ranked 23rd in rushing yards, allowed and endured an embarrassment during the NFC Championship game against the San Francisco 49ers, giving up 285 yards and four scores on the ground. At nose tackle, Kenny Clark made the Pro Bowl last season. He's a solid foundational pillar in the trenches, but the Packers may but the Packers have to develop a reliable complementary defender next to him. Tyler Lancaster didn't provide much help in run situations, adding just 30 tackles, even though he lined up for 37% of the defensive snaps. The 6'3", 313-pounder logged the second-most plays among interior linemen starting in 10 out of 16 outings. Montrevious Adams' recent arrest on three misdemeanor counts may affect his ability to take on a bigger role. Kingsley Kiki, in 2019, a 2019-fifth-rounder, has the best shot to unseat Lancaster if the coaching staff wants to see competition. At the position. Houston, Texas general manager, head coach Bill O'Brien. Typically, head coaches land on the hot seat because they haven't won enough games. That's not Bill O'Brien's issue. Under O'Brien, the Houston Texans have claimed four division titles and finished with just one losing record. However, he's made some bold offseason moves, trading defensive end. There we go. And one moment while we solve some technical difficulty issues here. What we're going to do, we're going to take a pause and we will come back in a minute. Okay, and we're back. <clears throat> we left off with Houston Texans general manager, head coach, Bill O'Brien. Typically, head coaches land on the hot seat because they haven't won enough games. That's not Bill O'Brien's issue. Under O'Brien, the Houston Texans have claimed four division titles and finished with just one losing season. However, he's made some bold offseason moves, trading defensive end Jadavian Clowney and wide receiver DeAndre Hopkins, and acquiring left tackle Laramie Tunsil. In January, the Texans formally named formerly named O'Brien the general manager, but the team chairman and CEO Kyle McNair acknowledged the lead skipper had executive pool before the announcement, per John McLean of the Houston Chronicle. This is the way we've been operating for the last eight months, McNair said. While O'Brien, the head coach, has a solid track record, the club isn't quite sold on him as a general manager per ESPN's Jeff Darlington. Will Bill O'Brien, in his efforts and attempts to change the culture with the Texans, get enough time as a general manager to do that? Because he is squarely on the hot seat at this point, Darlington said. Despite the fact that he only has one losing season since he joined the team in 2014, the Texans traded notable playmakers and made Tunsil 
the highest paid offensive lineman in the league based on annual salary, $22 million. If Houston takes a step back, O'Brien may need to find a new job. Indianapolis coach running back Marlon Mack. Usually we use the cliche phrase, one-two punch to describe a backfield with a pair of solid ball carriers. Per ESPN's Mike Wells, Indianapolis coach head coach Frank Reich appears to have subscribed to that idea as the team prepares to pair Marlon Mack and rookie second rounder Jonathan Taylor. Offensive coordinator Nick Serrani views the Mack-Taylor combination slightly different per Andrew Walker of the Indianapolis Colts official website. It feels like it's just a 1-1 punch, though, because we have two such exceptional backs, Serrani said. They have some different running styles, but again, they're both complete backs. 